0: Hello and welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in and I am grateful that you are joining me. Today's topic is a little heavy as I talk about burnout and mental health. In the last podcast, I talked about the power of manifesting and how daily visualization sparks new brain activity. I chose burnout as the following topic because what if you have found your purpose what if you are living your passion, but feel burned out? What if you have manifested your goals into fruition, but suddenly, or perhaps progressively, you become burnt out? You transformed your vision into reality, but a new reality hit, which is burnout. Burnout is an issue many of us face, even if we found our purpose. It is an unfortunate reality, with detrimental consequences if left unaddressed. Many health professionals are feeling burned out more than ever, and a survey conducted by the ANA predicted more than 500,000 nurses will leave the profession entirely by 2022. I entered my professional career with excitement. I was eager to experience and learn as much as possible. I knew what I had signed up for and its implications, but little did I know how it was going to affect my mental health. I suffered from secondary PTSD as I was perpetually witnessing traumas. Yes, I was saving lives, but I was also bagging bodies from newborns to geriatrics, and this was before the pandemic. I don't remember the first trauma, but I was probably thrilled to be part of the recess team. However, a decade later, without addressing the effects of secondary PTSD, traumas became too overwhelming. I didn't know it at the time, but I was burnt out. According to NCBI, the term burnout was coined in the 1970s by American psychologist, Herbert Furdenberger. He used it to describe the consequences of severe stress and high ideals in helping professions. Doctors and nurses, for example, who sacrifice themselves for others would often end up being burned out, exhausted, listless, and unable to cope. In addition, burnout syndrome is defined as an inappropriate response to chronic stress, which is characterized by significant physical and or psychological exhaustion, a high level of depersonalization and a lack of achievement or professional accomplishment. I was burned out long before the pandemic. My resolution to burnout was distraction. I was merely distracting myself from the real problem. And distractions come in all forms. My distraction was getting tattoos. I became so numb that getting inked was the only way I could feel. In a way, that was my therapy. Sitting or lying still for as long as six hours as each needle stroke pierces through my dermis and allowing the buzz to guide my breathing. My mind was blank as I was transcending through the pain. What I have learned is that maladaptive coping strategies only fixes the problem momentarily. Your problems will remain without root cause analysis. So what is root cause analysis and how can you use this tool to identify and implement a solution to burnout? The elements of root cause analysis consists of, one, defining the problem, two, gathering information, 3. Identifying all the issues and events that contribute to the problem 4. Determining the root cause with all the data you've collected And 5. Implementing a solution I knew something was wrong when I became more and more irritable and angry. I avoided and ignored my mental health. I normalized the behavior and attribute it to the high-stress environment. However, Way at al. pointed out that those high in avoidance coping reported lower well-being, high depression, and higher stress. I was all the above. My root cause analysis was internalizing my environment and not expressing any emotions because of my cultural background. I am a first generation Asian American and mental health issues are a stigma. I even had difficulty conducting a literature review on this topic. It is such an overlooked issue in Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders, but we have the highest rate of suicide deaths compared to other racial groups. The underutilization of mental health services among Asian Americans is a cultural issue. Research by Asperger et al cited parents dismissive of mental health concerns, parents' emphasis on saving face, mental health problems as a taboo, and burdening others as main reasons for the underutilization of professional mental health support in Asian American population. And all these resonate with me. My peers became my support group as no one outside of the medical field understood what we went through. No one understood the mental and physical exhaustion after a traumatic 12-hour shift. No one understood that we oftentimes pull lifeless bodies from cars. No one understood an inundated waiting room while actively scanning for imminent deaths. No one understood how we were able to eat, drink, and laugh after being covered with blood and body parts. I'm grateful to have created meaningful relationships from enduring traumas, but these coping mechanisms were not sustainable. What is sustainable? It is adopting positive lifestyle habits to prevent professional burnout. However, you must discern when a healthy outlet becomes unhealthy. Yes, adaptive coping mechanisms do become maladaptive when they become your crutch. So essentially, you are displacing the root cause. How can you tell if the outlet is unhealthy when you cannot disengage or remove yourself from that activity or habit without causing destruction in your mental health and well-being? If you can survive and circle back to that healthy outlet, then you know it is not your crutch, but rather a supportive technique. I have since engaged in healthy adaptive strategies since my awakening. I have chosen to talk about my mental health struggles and not letting them define me. I have never felt more powerful and free at the same time. I understand that I am human and I am allowed to have feelings. I recently had a patient die and for the first time I allowed myself to mourn with him. It was beautiful as I was privileged to share his last minutes on Earth. Another strategy that has brought me so much peace is mindfulness. However, I'll be talking about mindfulness in death later in the series and how to practice mindfulness intentionally. The ER is still a stressful environment and I still don't know what's going to walk through those doors. But now I have the power. Now I am in control. Will I still get tattoos? Of course, as they are a beautiful artwork created by talented individuals, and they remind me of what I have overcome. So I leave you guys with this. How do you cope with burnout? Or are you merely distracted?